0: Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.
1: Meta will stop treating teens like adults by curbing harmful material and reducing unwanted interactions from their Facebook and Instagram timelines. Peacock's AFC wildcard game between the Kansas City Chiefs and the Miami Dolphins is the most viewed live stream event in U.S. history. OpenAI removes military application limits, bans the use of its tools in creating political ads, and prohibits the creation of GPT girlfriends. And we spotlight Chaz Sims, a member of Forbes starting under 30 in 2021 and CEO and founder of Y-Systems, a logistics firm that has raised over $73 million. We got all this and more for you in episode 113 of The Tech John. From Columbus, Ohio, I'm your host. Rob Dunwood
2: and coming out of Philly is your girl tech life Steph.
0: and out of Atlanta this is Terrence Gaines aka brother tech aka I would hate to be a Dallas Cowboys fan right about now
2: (laughs) what happened I mean I don't watch the NFL Philly there's a huge rivalry between the Eagles and the Cowboys so everybody on my all my feeds has been talking about it but like what happened
0: the Cowboys do did what the Cowboys always do they do great all the way through the regular season. They get to the playoffs and they fail
1: miserably. They lay an egg. <laughs> that's
0: I think exactly what they did yesterday.
1: <laughs> since, uh, the last time they won the Super Bowl, that was the 96 Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. So we're talking 27 years. They have not made it past the first round. Well, that, that's not true. They've only made it past the first round of the playoffs. I think four times they have not made it to the conference championship since 96. And they had by all metrics, a great team this year and they got to the, it, they played so poorly. It's almost, you, you almost look at it as like, okay, are they throwing the game?
2: Right. It's,
1: because it wasn't I mean, just, you mistakes. might say
2: the same thing about Philly these days. Like they started off all undefeated and everything else. And it was after Jalen got hurt mm-hmm. at one point and it has been downhill since then. And I don't know what's going to happen with Philly right now.
0: Yeah, But I guess the issue, not the issue. I'm not a real big, I'm a sports watcher. I wouldn't call myself a sports fan. I definitely wouldn't call myself a fanatic, but I think that's the problem or the issue with the Dallas Cowboys. They have some fanatics and not only are they fanatic, they are in sometimes obnoxious (laughs) so much so that the rest of us, almost kind of root for the Dallas Cowboys downfall.
2: Everybody so, roots for Dallas. Yeah, just, if you're not an actual Dallas fan,
0: just so we can kind of look on social media the next day <laughs> and see the Dallas Cowboys
1: fans <laughs> and their reactions. It's Shut almost like a, up. yeah, <laughs> two things that are true. The Dallas Cowboys are the most valuable American sports franchise, arguably one of the most valuable sports franchises on earth. That is absolutely true. What is also true? They have done nothing in darn near the past three decades to deserve for their franchise to be that to to be that big, and they've got a super cocky owner. Jerry Jones has never won anything, Mm -hmm. anything. He's never won anything, but he is arguably the cockiest owner in sports. So yeah, I I I was fully. My my wife is a uh, she is a Dallas man, and I and I feel for because it's like. Y'all are not winning as long as Jerry Jones is owning that team. It's just just not going to happen. Mm-hmm. So, but anyway, y'all, we got a lot of tech to get to. This is the first time the three of us have actually been on this year.
2: I know.
1: So, yeah, it feels like we haven't talked to each other in a long time because we haven't talked to each other in a long time. It's been like three or four weeks since all of us have been on. But we got a lot that we want to get to. And so let's just jump in. And the reason we haven't been on is because, Steph, you actually went to the computer electronics show yes. last week. So can you just can you give us your lowdown of this show that I was supposed to go to. I even had a badge and everything and I just decided the last minute I wasn't going I was I wasn't going to front that hotel room.
2: Um so I will preface all of this by saying I you know think I made a rookie mistake and just completely underestimated the enormity of the event
0: and just so how So you say rookie mistake, meaning this is your first time going.
2: It was my first time going. Yes, I was. I was actually supposed to go last year, but I ended up getting sick um, and couldn't make it. So Mm -hmm. this was my first year because I always said like ever since I started, I started blogging back in 2011. Mm-hmm. And, you know, was doing the whole blogger thing and getting mm-hmm. products and everybody's like, you're going to see, you're going to. And I looked at that price and I was like, I'm not going to CES until somebody so much- pays me to go to right. CES. Mm-hmm. And it has taken since 2012 for somebody to actually want to pay me to go to mm-hmm. CES. And, um, you know, again, like I said, I was supposed to go last year on behalf of Panasonic, but I uh, couldn't make it, unfortunately. So this year I went on behalf of one of the production companies that I do satellite media tours through. Um, so we flew out on Saturday and our tour was on Monday mm-hmm. and we actually flew out Monday. So I kind of missed the actual convention, uh, I could have stayed, but it would have been on my own dime. And to your point, Rob, I was like, eh, and by the time I was done working, like it, it's one thing to, to say I'm going. It's another thing to be going to work. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And you're in that mm-hmm. work mode and you're like, let me go do what I said, I, you know, but I Check came out here. What, what somebody is paying me to come out here mm-hmm. to do. Mm-hmm. So they're, so with that being said, there were a couple things, like I said, that I would have done differently. Um, Number one, I missed CES Unveiled, which is a media event that they have on Sunday. Right. There's a bunch of media events, a bunch of different media events that they have on Sunday. But CES Unveiled in particular is where you could go and see kind of a preview of what is to come on the floor at CES. I didn't go to that for a couple of reasons. Number one, my call time. On Monday was 4 a.m. Mm-hmm. to start broadcasting. So that meant I had to be up at 2.30 a.m. to get into full hair and makeup and and do and get over to the space, our broadcast space to start working. So because mm-hmm. we went live at 5.15 and went straight through until like nine. This is all Pacific time. So. CES unveiled was from 5 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. Mm-hmm. on Sunday. And I was kind of like, uh, I could have tried to get there for like an hour and capture a little bit of content and run around and, and, and see what I could see. But that event, all of the media events on Sunday were at the Mandalay Bay, which was on the opposite end of the strip from yeah. where I was staying. I was staying at the Westgate, which is con- almost virtually connected to the convention center where CES was happening. Mm-hmm. Um So to get to the Mandalay Bay, I would have had to get all the way down the Strip, Again, rush, 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 do this hour, you know, get back to my room because I was in bed literally by like 730 because worry. again, I had a 230, I had to be up at 230 AM for a 4 AM call time and I'm working. So as much as I wanted to go and see stuff and capture content and do all that other stuff, I'm like, I'm actually here to work and be paid. So I need to be prepared to work and be paid. Mm-hmm. And so I had a, I had a re, I had a rehearsal on Sunday uh, for the job that I was getting paid for. So by the time I got done with rehearsal, um, and got back to my room and everything else, the idea of trekking out to the Mandalay Bay to do CES unveiled, it just wasn't happening because number two, the, ro- the, the biggest rookie mistake again that I, that I had was I didn't really understand the enormity of the event. CES, is massive yeah, I and believe- i mean j- just like football fields worth of space you, dedicated
1: to you can't Canada. even say just football fields you have to say multiple dozens of football, multiple fields. I, I, I
2: want, football fields
1: i want to say this year it would have been the equivalent of 37 to 41 football fields
2: i can believe is that. how and much it,
1: floor space they have so,
2: so it's you know it's insane so think about Coming out of a Vegas hotel, which is already a labyrinth in itself, mm-hmm. coming through the casino, getting through to the uh, banquet area, cutting through that, then getting over to the, you know, the area. And then the broadcast area within CES was all the way literally in the back of one of the convention halls. I think there were like three main convention halls in the convention center. The broadcast booth was in. So now I'm walking easily three or four miles a day, just Uh back and forth between my hotel room and and our broadcast booth. So I've done that all day on Sunday. I still got to be up at 2.30 a.m. So I just I just didn't have it in me to go up to CES Unveiled to get any sort of footage or anything. Um, so I pretty much missed that whole thing. Um, I was able, though, I will say I was able to my producer who flew out there with me, um, knew somebody on the ground at the NBC affiliate in Las Vegas. And I actually did a segment for the NBC affiliate. Sunday night that aired on their 11 p.m. news about, you know, kind of what to expect from CES. So I was kind of happy that I was able to do that. I wouldn't have been able to do that had I gone to CES Unveiled. So I kind of mm-hmm. did trade off with mm-hmm. that. Um, so then Monday comes, I do my job. Uh, we, ra- we wrap around 930 a.m. Um, Pacific. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, so I'll get some footage now of what's going on because again, CES doesn't start until Tuesday. So everybody was still setting up. Like Uh most of the booths were not completed. They didn't have like the carpet down on the floor. It's funny. I got. I got chased out of the LG booth on Sunday because I walked in and I was just literally holding my phone up, just recording everything I saw as I'm walking from the hotel uh. the convention center to our broadcast booth. Um, and And LG had this big, you know, they had walls up curtains it was very secretive but there was nobody really telling you you couldn't go in so I just mm-hmm. kind of walked in and started recording everything and taking pictures of everything and it's literally me and a bunch of Asians so I stuck out like a sore thumb mm-hmm. and so as I'm walking out the guy comes up and he's like no 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 no! you can't record you can't record he literally watched me delete mm-hmm. my video and delete the recently deleted video in the release so yeah because you know they had they were the ones that did the transparent television so Mm -hmm, they were definitely mm -hmm. trying to keep that under wraps you know until tuesday and everything else that they had in their booth but i was able to get some footage after i finished working um of the sk booth and it was amazing like they had a whole train and this whole tunnel with this interact it was like the booths were ridiculous i can say that because i was you know i did see them putting up booths and and just the amount the amount of money these companies spend on these displays is out of this world I, i was just amazed at the creativity of the booths and and just what they were able to do i do you know regret not Forcing myself to stay an extra day, um, just to be able to be there for Tuesday. Cause I think my credentials would have carried over until Tuesday. Like I said, uh-huh. I just had to, um, um, pay for the room. And then, you know, I don't know what I would have had to done with, do with my flight or whatever. But like I said, next year, next year, well, I'll be, uh-huh. I'll be, I'm, I'm sure I'll be back next year and be able to really sort of immerse myself. But, but the mental preparation, to, to tackle all of that, the physical preparation to be on your feet on concrete all day long, walking miles and miles and miles to try to see stuff like it it's a lot. It, uh-huh. It's a lot. And I just I again, I just was not prepared for the scale of of CES this year. And I just I just petered out like I couldn't I couldn't <laughs> hang I'll I'll admit I couldn't hang. It was a lot. It was so
0: a you lot. mentioned the scale multiple times. And Rob, yeah. you talked about the football fields. It's at this point, as long as CES has been going on and as more the, of the world kind of transitions to virtual, is CES unnecessarily large? Does it have to be that big or so, is this just like a big write-off and companies just go and be like, well, this is what it is. So right. we we're going to spend the money and we can charge it off and then just continue
1: until something happens, right? So here's why I didn't go. So I was actually, you know, I I registered. I had my press credentials. I was ready to go. Would have had travel there, but I was going to have to pick up my own hotel. And I waited so late to actually try to book a room. So I was like, well, I'm going to spend like two grand trying to stay out here from, you know, from Sunday until Thursday. Right. Uh, so I was like, hey, I, I just don't know that I want to do that. So I, I, I'm upset that it didn't just work out. Um, I do definitely try to plan to get out there next year and I'll just start planning now to go and do that. But the other part of it is, and this is why I don't feel as bad, because I've heard from multiple people that it's just kind of. Eh. He's like, there's always those
2: very few things. You know, there was a, there was a flying helicopter car thingy Mm -hmm. that, that got a bunch of, you know, attention. LG's transparent TV got a bunch of attention. Um, a lot of people were doing this, this ice cream. There was like this ice cream maker that was like a Keurig it had literally Keurig style cans that you put in this thing and the ice cream comes out the spigot. A lot of people talked about that. Um, but if you notice, like, you know, I looked at a lot of different people's what they were doing, like Jennifer Jolly was out there, um, Rich on tech, Brian Tong, like all the sort of major tech influencers all had the exact same content of what was like the hottest sort of tech thing. And Did you need to go out there just to see those few things? So maybe, maybe not.
1: And see, here's the other thing that is happening is that a lot of the biggest companies are no longer doing CES. You think about Apple. Apple's really never done it. So it's never been an Apple thing. But like Samsung, Samsung has their own event next week. All right, No, no, it's not next week. It's two it's days happening. from now. It's yeah. it's a Wednesday. So Samsung's Unpacked event where they're going to announce the Galaxy S 24, 24 Plus, 24 Ultra. And I believe that they're announcing something called uh is it called Galaxy AI or something like that about all the stuff they're going to be doing with AI. So they're doing their own event for that. So E3 is no longer. It's no longer its, its own right. event, but it broke off from CES because it used to be, well, they had of those football fields, they had one or Two of them, but it kind of felt like they were always stuck in the back. They were always treated like the redhead stepchild. I was like, well, if we got to spend all this money to to be to be treated like this, we could just spend the same money, do our own event. And even though that's gone away, they went and did their own thing. And you're starting to see a lot of other organizations to where even if they have a presence at CES, they still do their own thing so that they can get their own press run. And you know, it's, it's kind of funny that it seems like every year. Samsung's Unpacked event gets closer and closer to CES. It's usually if I if I remember correctly it's usually like in February but it's actually this week. It's on the 17th. So that's a big part of it as well and it's like you know if if you've never been the first time you're gonna wow, it's just like you're oh, yeah. walking you're gonna be and you see all mesmerized. of this technology. You'll be mesmerized by it. But I think I've been to CES now four times. The last time I actually went was 2020, so right before the pandemic, um, or 2019. I can't remember. So either 19 or 20 was the last time I went. And you know that that being my fourth time is like okay, how many more TVs gonna look at? Right. Uh, now the drones, that's what I was all into. I think we talked about that last week, Terrence. I was, I was definitely into the drone stuff and I would have been if I would have gone out there this year just to see what kind of new flying stuff they've got. But there's only so many TVs. There's yeah. only so many ways you can make a laptop and yeah. it just, it gets, you know, kind of repetitive.
2: It is very redundant. And right. to your point, Terrence, it'll be interesting to see how it evolves over the, I, I think this year kind of felt like the return to the CES of old for a lot of people. I think there were like 130,000 people that came through there this year. So, you know, it was very well attended to Saray's question um, in the comments. It was very well attended over forty. 300 exhibitors at the event. And, and, you know, I, I think this, like I said, I think this was people's return to CES. So it'll be interesting to see if it maintains this, this level of scale going forward, because it, it did seem like a little bit of overkill. I'm not gonna mm-hmm. lie. It just, it was just, it was just too much. It was very <laughs> overwhelming for me. And like I said, I'm gonna have to start getting in the gym or something before next year. So I can like get my cardio, cardio up to even like be in those rooms and walking through those rooms and back and forth. Like, I mean, I would get back to my room and like my hips and my knees and maybe oh just give away, giving away my age or something like that. Mm-hmm. My ankles is hurting. Cause you're, you're just, Pounding the pavement, literally, mm-hmm. you know, moving through these convention halls. And, and it, it, it just really, really is, um, you really have to go with a plan. If, mm-hmm. if, if that's your intention to go, you got to go with a plan and know exactly what you want to see, where those things are, go to those things specifically. Um, but then even past beyond that, you got keynotes every single day. Yeah. You got all kinds of speakers and panels every day. It, it's a, it's a lot. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's a lot. It's a lot.
1: So I you know, I was on uh Daily Tech News show a couple times last week and then headlines three days last week. And it was just interesting because like day one, I'm on because Tom Merritt is actually out there.
2: I was and, bummed I missed him because I saw I was yeah. looking at his Instagram and I started to reach out and try to catch up with him, but I was like, Oh man, I miss Tom.
1: So, um, but yeah, so he's out there and like day one on Monday, he's all preppy and interject and this and that, and the other. And then by, Listen, by Wednesday, by Thursday, actually, my man a is a like rap. sitting like this with his <laughs> head leading on. Listen, his eyes are all bloodshot. <laughs> it's a
2: wrap. It's so, it, it's so much. It's, it's so much. I just, I don't know how people yeah. do it. I don't, I, I'm like I said, uh, the, the company I went with, um, this was kind of their first time back at CES doing satellite media tours and it went over very well, you know, is what they is what they're telling me. Um, so they want to do something next year because we we did kind of the preview, what to expect. But they're they're thinking about booking three of them. So it'll be a preview, it'd be live from the floor, and then a CES recap. So they want to do like three of them next year um with me and so this is three days i got to get up at you know 2 30 in the morning 4 a.m call like the whole nine and stay be there careful the what week. you wish for listen i'm just <laughs> like you know i mean i'm not mad at that bag but it 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 would be a lot to have to be there all week long i i i'm it would it would be a lot it would be a lot
1: yeah you see a lot of creators they don't really have a lot of stuff coming out CES week because there's just no time for it. So it's like, no, I, you know, like their content, I create, I'm, you know, I, I got footage, you know, I, I have, I have stuff I'm going to show you. You're just not going to see it until after I get a nap.
2: Right. And yeah, so I go so. home and sleep for 24 hours and then edit <laughs> exactly. and everything else. Yeah. It was, it was crazy. It was yeah. crazy.
1: So, y'all, in in addition to CES last week, I actually read a really interesting Wall Street Journal article and it was talking about how Meta is going to stop treating older teens like adults and is efforting to curb the uh, material and reduce unwanted interactions on their Facebook and Instagram timelines. So Meta plans to automatically restrict teen Instagram and Facebook accounts from harmful content, including videos and posts about self-harm, graphic violence and eating disorders. and I was just thinking about this because we've talked about this before. It it would be lovely to say that Meta is doing this because, you know, it's just the right thing to do. We've identified some things and it's just it's just right to make our platform safer for children. But ultimately, I think it's 40 states now are suing them because Meta actually knows that much of their content that is targeted to teens is unhealthy for them. I mean, they actually have their own studies. We've talked about this, I think, on a couple of shows on the tech John. So. It's just interesting that okay, yeah, you're you're making these changes, but are you making them because you're worried about the bag you might have to come up off of, That's or all. because it's the right thing to do? No. But, you know, but you know, we didn't even mention this yet. It is Martin Luther King Day, so in the in the spirit of this being the the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Day, I want to offer Meta this one of his most famous quotes: "The time is always right to do what is right." That being said, and Steph, I specifically want to get your take on this. Do you think what they're doing is actually going to work?
2: No. And mm-hmm. um and I don't even know that they're going to do what they say they're going to do. Um I, I just number one, I don't know how you can claim to do what you say you're going to do when you actually don't know anyone's age. Um, that's the first part. So how do you know this person's account is the, the account of a 16-year-old? I mean, you can kind of maybe look at the content and sort of glean from the content based on what they post, but how are you going to tell who is who and, and you know are you are you scraping their bios to look for high school names of high schools or you know like what are you doing exactly to determine who these you know, minors above age 13 are mm-hmm. so that you can serve them up a particular brand of content. That's number one. You know what I mean? Like, how are you even going to determine that?
0: The honor um, system.
2: Yeah. <laughs> and which, which al- which already doesn't work because mm-hmm. you already have 13 year olds and younger on the platform that you can't mm-hmm. control. So it, I, I think this is just a lot of lip service and, and to your point, Rob, something to try to, uh, appease the judges that are going to be ruling in all of these different states um, lawsuits against against meta I, I just think it's something that they're they're doing to try to appease judges at this point um, because they're just really there just really isn't a way to regulate the content on social media platforms in, in a way that makes any kind of sense whatsoever and is sustainable
0: mm-hmm. outside of going through a lengthy uh, age verification process i mean right driver's license right.
2: That's, that's security,
0: it. Social security number and, you know, companies don't want to do that.
2: They don't. And even if you did, people would still use fake IDs and, mm, and they're, like they're, they're know. just, this genie is not going back in this bottle. I think it, we, we have to, I'm not saying stop looking to social media platforms to try to do something because they do still have to take some responsibility for their content. You know, section 230 be damned. However, this is also, you know, a parenting thing this is a this is a collective effort um and by all is, of us to to try to figure this out
0: and this is the problem when the content is curated by the people who join the platform now if facebook and instagram and meta and all these social media platforms youtube had their own content that they push out to people then they could try to do some age stuff or say look we this is a got you know like tv and movie and songs PG this, G that, MA this, whatever the case may be. Uh, social media platforms don't do that. They yeah. are, they are solely using our content that we upload. So it's up to not necessarily up to us. It's much harder for a social media company to regulate content that the users, that the community puts up. If it was top down, then they probably could do a little bit more. But since it's bottom up, then all they can do is say look this is what interesting this is shiny right. but outside of that that's about it
2: and they don't have any motivation to to do anything like that anyway cuz it's just like it's just it's money it's ads it's clicks it's views um there there's no motivation to to try to do anything like that and you know and and they don't want to pay their moderators to 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 do if they if they were to implement some mm-hmm. type of rating system like that and then have have it be able to be filterable and parents could sort of enable, you know, filters for PG content or whatever. They don't want to pay the moderators and hire enough moderators to even do something like that.
1: Steph, you made a good point that part of the problem that meta, even if they are earnestly trying to make this better, is that they don't have age verification. So it is very easy for a 14 year old to say they're 24. Let me just add 10 years to my age and keep it moving. And and Facebook doesn't really check that out. And it kind of reminds me uh, a sitcom that I used to, you know, my wife and I used to love to watch was Everybody Loves Raymond. Mm-hmm. And on that show, my favorite character was his older brother, Robbie, who's like, I think it's p- played by uh, Robert Garrett or Peter. I can't think of his name, yeah. something last name Garrett, but the dude is like six, eight. He's a, he's a really tall guy mm-hmm. and would, cl- you know, clearly would have been a tall kid. And one of, there was an episode where it was about like their diaries and how their mother read their diary or whatever. And his older brother says like, you don't have like a second set of books. It's like, it's like, well, where would I keep it? Uh, Bob searches everything. It's like, well, mine's now at second national. He just went and got himself a PO box, or not a PO box, but an actual uh, safe, deposit, safe box. deposit box and put his actual <laughs> diary there. And they kept one for his mom to read back at the house. And it's way easier than that today. You yeah. literally could just, oh, here's the account that my folks know about. Here's the account that they don't and, know about. And
2: here's my Finsta. Yeah. You know, they have a whole name for it. So yeah. it's just like, yeah.
1: So the, the question comes in is wh- where do parents come in on this? It's like, what can parents do to make sure that your kids don't have a second set of books, so to speak, on their devices? What, what can parents do to actually try to protect their children from the amount of content that's really targeted at adults that they could actually get to maybe a bit too young? Right. Well,
2: it's the conversation, right? And yeah. it's, it's just keep an eye on it. Yeah, prayer. And, and, and prayer yeah, and, and, and and becoming a little bit tech savvy. Like a yeah, lot of yeah. parents just- Be really, on social media. Yes, a parents mm-hmm. just really bury their heads in the sand when it comes to this kind of thing. And I get it, you know, you didn't grow up with this. It's, it's tough. It's always something new. Now they on TikTok. What is a TikTok? I don't know, but that's your job. You know what I mean? As a parent to to know where your kids are online and, and what they're doing and, and how to engage with them or, on these or, platforms.
0: If you don't know, and it's kind of hard because I was a kid and I was slick at hiding stuff from my parents too. So I can't for a second assume that my kids are, you know, these perfect angel kids who are not also hiding stuff for me. But since I'm on social media, I may not necessarily know what they're doing, but I know what's on social media. And if I know what's on there, I could be like, whoa, all right, this is what's going on. Like Stephanie said. Let's have the conversation, you know, let's talk about this, that, and the third, because you know what they're looking at, you right. know, especially if it's popular, especially if it's trending, especially if everybody's doing it, you know, they've got the algorithm where everybody uses the same song or they use the same, whatever the filter, whatever the case may be. If I know that I can use that as ammunition to have that conversation with my kid. Right. Versus not knowing anything. And then something blow up or something right. happened personally. And, and your kid.
2: Like, Unfortunately, you, dies because of the cinnamon challenge. And, you're trying and you to didn't even back. know there was a cinnamon challenge. You and know you're what I mean? Trying to go like, back,
0: try to do some investigative journalism to find out what went wrong or when did it happen. You know, versus you kind of knowing, all right, this trend right. started here, and you know these are the people that's doing it the most. All right, let me make sure. Let me have the conversation to find out where my kids
2: are. Right Correct. before their yeah, body right. gets burnt over seventy percent because they were in the flamethrower challenge.
1: Yeah, I actually have a a friend who has. Uh, a, I guess you would call them a preteen, just turned 12. And then she's got a twin a boy and a girl who are, I think 16. They're in the 11th grade. And what she does is just, Hey. Let me see your phones right now. She, she gives no opportunity That's for right. you to spot click check. anything. Spot, spot check on the phone <laughs> immediately. And they're all using the iPhone. So she she has a setup so she can actually put her thumb on it and get into that phone and see anything. Mm-hmm. And she's like, you know, um, they can still be slick. Try to do like a uh, encrypted folder. If, well, they're not using Android. So I don't know if you can do that on, uh, you know, on, on iOS device. But like you're going to try to hide something somewhere it's like they can. But mo- but they're also children. And they just don't think far enough ahead. So when mm-hmm. I do my spot check, it's like it's like right when they're in the middle of doing something. Right. Let me see your phone right now. You literally have a second to hand that phone over. So it's like, let me find something in that vault
2: app. Yeah. It's like, you you know, she's not,
1: she's not given any time for you to do anything before she checks on the phone. And she's like, and you know, unfortunately I haven't found anything yet. Do I know that they're doing other stuff? Yes. But at least I am keeping it in their mind that I'm going to be checking. And this, the fact that they know that I'm going to be checking, it makes it something that it is cognizant to them to, Hey, you know what? Mom's going to probably, mom's probably going to find this if I, you know, if if I'm on this, so maybe I shouldn't be on it in the first place. That's right. Yeah. So. So, y'all, it is playoff season. Playoffs just started this past weekend. Steph, I know you're not a huge, huge fan. We were talking in the green room a little bit about what happened to the Dallas Cowboys. And Terrence and I are both kind of smiling at that. But something that was really interesting that happened this past weekend was that NBC actually paid for one of the games. But instead of showing it on NBC, they showed it on Peacock. So you literally, in order to watch the game had to sign up a Peacock subscription in order to watch an NFL playoff game. Now, generally, for the most part, over over the history of NFL playoffs games, they have always come on terrestrial TV. And then you would have like, you know, certain games would be be picked up in certain markets, regardless of whether you had a local team or not. That was not the case with the Kansas City Chiefs versus Miami game. That game, you had to get a Peacock subscription. And I'll be honest. I thought that it was going to tank miserably because so many people were complaining about it. That's not what happened, though. It it turns out that this is the most streamed live event in U.S. history. So that game got 23 million viewers and 30 percent of all Internet traffic was people watching that game on Saturday night. So I wanted to just kind of talk about is streaming the way that this is going or is terrestrial TV, particularly for sports. Is that is, is that a thing that's about to go the way of the dodo?
0: Well, my only problem with this is if there was another way to watch the game, the fact that the only way you can watch the, only the game way, yeah. is go on Peacock and create an account and watch it. Yeah, Peacock can say, oh, you know, this is the most live stream event in history, over 23 million viewers. Yeah, if that's the only way to watch it. So I got to go over there and do it. So I don't know how boastful now if it was simulcast on ESPN and then or or whatever, NBC NBC and also on uh, Peacock. Then let's talk about how the numbers look and whatever the case may be. But ultimately, it's American NFL football. People are going to complain, 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 and then going to go watch that game. So right. it really, you know.
2: It wasn't the flex they thought it was when you didn't give people any other option. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, my whole thing was, you know, I obviously wasn't going to watch the game, could care less, but that the, the number you threw out, Rob, about that being 30% of internet traffic, um, makes me wonder how internet service providers are going to respond to this. Cause I, I can, you know, I can remember talking about, you know, a few years back around net neutrality and, and, and what ISPs were going to be able to do to start managing and controlling the data. Mm -hmm. I can totally see, you know, them doing something to pile on basically, um, to the fact that you have to go to Peacock to watch it, but now you also have to be in a specific data tier mm. in order to watch something like this as be well.
0: One gig or higher Exactly, or exactly. Because because, because
2: yeah. of the increased you know, internet traffic that we are anticipating. You have mm-hmm. to bump up to the next tier of speeds mm-hmm. and da, 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 da. So I definitely see uh, internet service providers trying to get in on this and, and capitalize and make a little extra money themselves.
1: That will be in real interesting if we do that. Now, the current administration, they just put their own person in to where net neutrality rules are kind of loosening up a little bit. But there's an election in like 10 months. Right. That could change all of that again. So, so, so we just don't know. Here's the other part of this. One of you said that this is not the flex that they thought it was going to be. Even though it got these kind of numbers, the uh, Americans are collectively pissed off in NBC for doing this because it's like every tweet. No one is saying, Oh man, I love that yeah, they put this on peacock. Yeah. They're saying, I hate the fact that I had to go install an app to watch a freaking NFL playoff game, something I've never had to do before. And people are adamant about I am signing up to this and I'm canceling it right now because I don't know if this is on Android, but I know on iPhone, if you sign up to Peacock right now and then as soon as you sign up, you cancel it, you still get to use it for that free week or whatever. Even though you cancel it, it doesn't cancel until your free week is up. So I've just seen post after post after post. It's like, yeah, I signed it up, logged in, jumped through the hoops they made me jump through. And before I even watched the game, I wouldn't cancel my account. So that I, that's, so I will never but get billed e- by them.
2: Even that, like, is not the, like, if you have such a problem with it, don't. Don't watch it.
1: That's what I was don't saying. Watch That's, it. Yeah,
2: like what, don't what watch your, like that. how You vote with your dollars in exactly this, in this instance. Oh, if, if you was you had, that mad, yes. If you mm-hmm. had such a, if you was that mad that you had to go on social media and say, "Oh, Peacock, what a what a rip off, what this crap." Don't watch it. One game is not going ruin your life if you don't get to see this one playoff game and send that message. To NBC that you need to be putting these games on regular broadcast television like normal, um and 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 vote with your dog because I know I saw one of the tweets with they because they you, you had to pay for Peacock but they still were showing ads in the middle of the game so I'm like so yep. you're still showing ads and I gotta pay like y'all double dipping now like literally don't watch the game
0: imagine imagine the headline if it said uh, Peacock NFL Wild card was the lowest watch
1: right. event in US history with only 2 million viewers.
2: Right. How quick we were, would that yeah. be back on regular NBC? You, right. Sure. Next they, week. They,
1: it it might have came out by halftime, might have been on NBC or something like right. that, if that if that right. would have been the case. But I was talking with folks in our Discord. Uh, so, so anybody who's interested in having conversations with us, you can head over to Discord. You can get there by going to thetechjohn.com forward slash Discord. And you can, so if you want to sign up on Discord, but that, that is where we generally have our conversations. But on Discord this week we were talking about that. And I actually, based off of some other things that I've read, was thinking this might arguably be the lowest rated playoff game in, in NFL history.
0: NFL sports fans. I
1: underestimated. <laughs> right. Uh and, and see here's the thing. Th- this is why I believe so many people have uh I, I, I gotta see this game, you know, even though I'm upset, I'm gonna go do this. Betting has changed everything. Betting has been a has been around for a long time. But it used to be back in the day, if you wasn't in Vegas or or Linux City, you kinda had to have a bookie for it. But now with all the online gambling that you can do, mm-hmm. um, it has just changed the way people perceive watching these games. They have to watch them because like I got money on I, this. I, I got money right, on it. Right, Or I'm I want to change my bet based off of because you, you can make bets literally based off of the quarter you're in. So I think that drives a lot of it as well. But um I was like, I was I was kind of shocked. I was like, oh, it wasn't last. It was first. It's like this is the most that anything has ever been. And we're not talking about football games. We're talking about nothing in U.S. history has ever been streamed more than that Kansas City, Miami game. So I'm just sitting back looking at, you know, Roger Goodell and was like, oh, yeah, that worked. Let's do more of that. So it is going to be really interesting to see where this goes, because so many Americans are really upset. And it's not even just Americans. You've actually got Congress on both sides of the aisle who are upset the fact that they can't watch these NFL games. So when you start getting, you know, when you when you get Congress folks that agree on stuff and are mad about it, you things can often happen. So we'll have to see how this goes. So I wanted to get into, uh, this, uh, story, Terrence, that you had, uh, posted up, uh, about AI, how they've actually removed some of the military application limits. So why don't you tell us a little bit about what's going on there?
0: Yeah. Uh, basically open AI specifically, uh, they pretty oh, much. Said, right. yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll just go ahead and read the quote. As of January 10th, OpenAI's usage on guidelines no longer included a prohibition on quote, Military and warfare uses, uses in existing language that obligates users to prevent harm. The policy now only notes a ban on utilizing open AI technology, like its large language models to quote, develop or use weapons. So basically <laughs> it's not necessarily the wild, wild west, but now basically it green lights for defense contractors. It greenlights governments, it it greenlights these companies to say, all right, what can we do with this? Now, necessarily, they're not going to go say, chat GPT, tell me how to make a Patriot missile. I don't know if they're going to be able to do that. But now you've opened the door for these military and defense contractors to say, hey, let's poke around this and see what we can do.
2: (laughs) Why do you think the whole Sam Altman thing happened in the first place?
0: Right. (laughs) This is
2: exactly what he wanted to be able to do mm-hmm. is go after that government money,
1: mm-hmm. um, defense contract money. Yeah,
2: exactly. Yeah. It, this yeah. does not surprise me one bit.
1: I think mm-hmm. the technical term is cream. If I'm, if
2: yeah. I'm not mistaken, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Like this, like literally, this was the whole point of him getting rid of that board, that initial nonprofit governance board, and 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 going rogue, um, so they can get this back.
1: Mm-hmm. So the interesting thing here is that. You can talk about it, but you can't use it specifically. Like you said, you can't use chat GPT. How do I make a Patriot missile? Mm -hmm. But what if the AI is the weapon? Because that's what I think. You know, wars of the future are going to be fought way different than the wars than we fought behind. I mean, I'm sure there's always going to be gunfire and bombs and explosion and planes and boats and all that kind of stuff. That's probably not going anyway, but you can do a whole lot of damage if you can shut somebody's electrical grid down. Mm -hmm. You can do a whole lot of damage if you can literally shut down trash pickup, you know, um, for a city with two, three million people in it. You can do a whole lot of damage if you can shut the water down um, for a city of 400,000 people. Um, those are the ways that you're going to actually see a lot of AI, in my opinion, being used. So it's not going to be you using AI to build a weapon. The AI is the weapon. You're going to use the AI to figure out how can you attack someone's infrastructure. And I think that that's going to be just a, you know, a, a way that wars are fought fault because you could do so much damage by shutting down someone's electrical. I mean, you literally send someone back to the 1800s, uh, the early 1800s at that, if they have no power.
0: I so. guess it's just the plot of that um, "Leave the World Behind" that Netflix movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is kind of like that. Oh plot. yeah,
2: absolutely, yeah. Uh-huh. absolutely. And 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 I think the, taking out the military and warfare terminology just opens them up to be able to pursue deals in military and warfare. I, I think, you know, like like you said you don't have to explicitly be looking for information on how to build weapons or do any harm in that way, but I think this just clears the path for open AI as a company to pursue those types of um of contracts.
0: And that's big money. That, that's, Absolutely.
2: That's money. That's like a, it's like a blank check. And it's basically a blank check.
0: Government, our government, sp- particularly, is never going to spend less money on defense than That's it did right. before. And it's mm-hmm. always going to go up. Both sides of the aisle unanimously say, all right, we need this defense money to go in there because all these things were on. So, like and you it- said, Stephanie, it makes perfect sense for mm-hmm. Sam Alton and them to say, nah, we ain't trying to be all kumbaya. Nah, <laughs> absolutely
2: no, absolutely not. We're trying to get this sh- money. and <laughs> And if they can be the first. Contractor in, mm-hmm. you know, under this AI banner, then you they know what I the mean? rules. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. That's please. I mean, it was it, it's smart. It's chess, not checkers, mm-hmm. uh, and it's super smart. But you know, it doesn't bode well for for the rest of humanity. So, so here's
1: here's one of the things that I thought was interesting, though, because it was there. Uh, open AI, they actually put uh you know rules on a lot of things that they're changing, or that they want to stay the same. So one of the things I saw that was like kind of interesting is oh. Politicians still can't use chat GBT for political ads. And I think they've made the calculation is that we don't know who's going to be good, who's going to be great, who's going to be awesome at making these ads that it's our platform, putting out all kind of fake stuff and all kind of lies. So we just don't want anybody to do it. So it's like, oh, there is definitely some self-preservation there because if you are a government contractor or you are the government and you're using for that, well, that's y'all. That's how y'all used it. But when it comes to these politicians use the system that we've created and it wreaks havoc on an election, it's going to come back to us. They're going to blame us on that. So uh, I just thought that was really interesting. And so. It, You know, I was just saying that these weren't the only rules that, you know, OpenAI put out some rules on BTs as far as not allowing to have ones for like, what is it, virtual girlfriends and stuff like that. Uh, For those who don't know, Um they opened up their GPT store last week where it gives developers and folks like us, cause you don't really have to be a coder. You can create this stuff just with a little bit of know-how you can go in and create these GPTs. And they're like, but we don't want you creating girlfriends on here. We don't want like pornographic stuff on here. And it's like, it ain't even been a week and they, there's so many keywords that they are now shut down. So I don't know who stuck this one in here, but this one's interesting. That was,
2: that was mine. Yeah. Uh, we don't allow GPTs dedicated to fostering romantic companionship or performing regulated activities. Regulated activities aren't clarified in the same paragraph. Open AI states that GPTs that contain profanity in their name or depict or promote graphic violence aren't allowed either. Uh, but, yeah, they've been trying to get around the idea of girlfriend um, and like sweetheart and different things like that. Putting that in the title. Um and, uh, you know, sex escort and things like that. So they basically don't want you using, creating chatbots that can become girlfriends, which on one hand, considering, um, the one chatbot that encouraged the boy to kill himself and he did, mm-hmm. you know, recently, I, I see why you would not want that, but see, on not,
0: the- see why you cannot try. Right, you cannot right, right. <laughs>
2: and, but on the other hand, you know, in this, time and in, in, in the year of all 2024 when when psychologists across the board are claiming that men in particular and young men in particular are lonelier and commit suicide at rates higher than any other group like maybe this is the solution for that. And maybe, maybe we don't have incels anymore because if they, can have their robot if they can have their little robot girlfriends. Like, I was just saying, uh, no like, <laughs> it, it, could that be a solution right. for, for, because it's a problem. It's a real mm. problem. Like, you think about the, the, um, the couple different, a few of the last mass shooters, you know, were these people that wrote these manifestos about, Chads and 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 you know they were in cell in nature basically and and could something like that be avoided if you give this boy a, a little pocket girl girlfriend? Yes. Pocket. yes. <laughs> hey, listen, <miss laughs> like drastic times call for drastic measures Man. at this point, and, and and people are dying, and you know not just in shootings but in suicides, and you know this could be a solution for that if you could figure out the the tech. You know, and get the tech right or, or at least, you know, advance it along. This, this could be a solution for that.
1: You know what? If they are going to try to do it to, to, to solve male loneliness, they need to holler at Japan because I remember watching a documentary not too long ago, probably within the last year, 18 months. And it was about how Japan is one of the world's oldest countries and it's aging population. And one of the reasons they're attributing to why their population is aging to the point that it is, is because there's so many young men who just are not interested in women. But over there, they've got every type of robot, every type of AI that they literally they literally lean into a lot of these things over in Japan. So I wonder if you will start to see American companies looking at these type of devices to where you can go and you can pay for a virtual girlfriend that yes, actually may have a robotic well. body or something like that. And there's all kind of movies where we see this kind of stuff. It's like, is the the first thing you're going to do when they can make an Android, I'm, I'm not Thank talking you about yourself. the phone. I'm talking about, I'm talking about an actual robot that can look and feel and, and sound human People are going to do what they do because that's you know that's how people people. So I, I just wonder if we are ultimately getting on our uh, way to ex point.
2: Machina, basically. Yeah, cautionary
0: <laughs> tale. I have a question slash theory. We can save it till um, after hours where we talk about it. But I'm curious. Um, i I'm yes, it is a problem that men are feeling, boys are feeling more lonelier. Um, and they don't have the outlet or whatever the case may be, you know, and I also know that as soon as chat Gpt opened up, somebody people are going to figure out how to use this for yeah, you know relationship slash pornographic sexual whatever the case may be we all we all kind of know that you know, trying to s- stop that was damn near impossible, but um at the bigger question though, I'm curious as to. With the men being more lonely, the boys being more lonely nowadays, and we got incel and that whole thing, I I want—I'll save it to later. But I I want to pose the question as to why we think that is. But like I said, continue with the show. We'll talk about that. Well,
1: you know what—that—that—that is a good—that is a good lead into our after party that we do always after we record the live episode of the Tech John. So let me just tell folks how they can get there. If you would like to support the show, you can do so by heading over to patreon.com forward slash the Tech John. That is the Tech J-A-W-N. Over there, you will find multiple tiers, any one of which gets you access to our live stream, which we're recording right now, and our after party that comes in about probably about five or 10 minutes where we have deeper conversations and talk about other stuff. So once again, head over to patreon.com forward slash the tech john the tech j-a-w-n but before we get there steph you have a spotlight that we're going to go through this week so why don't you tell us about chaz
2: sims Alrighty, So Chas Sims is the CEO and founder of Y Systems, a logistics firm he started in 2014. Sims received a Bachelor of Science in Computer Science and a Master's Degree in Engineering in Computer Science from MIT. Through Y Systems, a company he started when he was a college student, Sims has brought big changes to the delivery industry. The company uses machine learning to autonomously route and dispatch deliveries, everything from parcels to retail goods to food and beverage. The software created by Wise Systems uses artificial intelligence to help companies operate at peak efficiency when making deliveries while also working to give the environment a break by reducing mileage and the carbon footprint. With Wise's software, delivery recipients can know within as little as a 20-minute window when to expect a delivery. The startup has raised a total of $73.1 million in funding. Wise Systems raised $50 in funding in a Series C for its last round, led by Tiger Global Management with participation from new and existing investors that include Section 32, Velo Ventures, Gradient Ventures, and Prologis Ventures. Sims was named in the Forbes 30 Under 30 list in 2021 because of why systems impact during the pandemic, providing necessary assistance for companies like Anheuser busch and Lyft to keep running in the face of economic challenges. So, shout out to Chaz Sims doing his thing in the logistics delivery space.
1: Yeah, we, we cannot underestimate or underappreciate what this young brother's stuff is doing. Mm-hmm. Because if it gets delivered to you, it's logistics you know everything that comes from fedex is logistics everything that comes from ups is logistics you said anheuser-busch they deliver stuff to a lot of stores from that's their great. you know from their breweries that's all logistics everything that is moving in a truck in a Listen, plane on a train
2: door uber um, eats
1: all of that all of it so as i was reading through this article you know uh, or or through you know through your write up and then actually went and started seeing some articles on what this bus company is doing I fully expect that you're going to see the United States Post Office or FedEx or UPS. is like, yeah, y'all are us now.
2: Amazon, anything (laughs) like
1: Amazon, you know, for like four billions. I mean, I'm ready for him. Yeah, he'll
2: be acquired like tomorrow. He's going to get acquired like tomorrow. And it'll be interesting, though, that I'd, I'd be curious because of what's happening right now. In the with the Suez Canal and the, yeah, I mean, I don't want to get too political, but there's like there's global events mm. affecting our supply chain once again, currently, I'm wondering if his software will be able to account for that for companies and kind of, you know, help people get things that they need even when we're, you know, facing these sort of critical supply chain issues, you know, sh- with shipping and stuff like that. I don't know. Um, but he's, a, he's about to get a bag. He's about to get a bag. Definitely, I, ser- I certainly hope so
0: simply because as of importance, logistics, transportation delivery is with all of us going to more of a, Click, 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 order it online and mm-hmm. expect somebody to have it to my door. Only $73 million in funding and only raise $50 million in Series C funding.
2: Well, we know why that is. <laughs> because he should be a unicorn already. Already. At this point. Yeah. Already he should be in the unicorn. post office. Yeah.
0: Already he should be. Yeah. Amazon should be trying to either yeah. acquire them or build a competitor or whatever yeah. the case may be.
2: Hmm. Hmm.
1: Yeah. But continue
2: things that make you go. Hmm.
1: We will definitely be keeping an eye on Chad Sims and you know, the good work that, that young man is doing. So, y'all, that is a nice, tight hour. I'm looking. We are right at the top of the hour right now. So Ooh. like it's, it's it's like we almost planned it like we like we almost, you know, did, did a whole rundown and timed it and all that kind of stuff. It's like it, everything comes together. So Tech Life staff this is the first time this year you get to do this but why don't you go ahead and tell the folks how they can get at you and what you've got going
2: on you can follow me all around the web at tech life stuff or head on over to my website is com. check out the book buy one and all that good stuff
0: and you can find me all over the internet at brother tech that's b-r-o-t-h-a t-e-c-h uh in stephanie's absence last week we had nika Monfort. shout my- out nika my other half of my other podcast that we run snob os podcast where we talk all things apple and then some so definitely check us out uh new shows uh air every friday
1: And I am at Rob Nunwood on all the things, and we are also at the Tech John on all the things. And just you know, on a personal note, for those who do not know, I'm actually one of the co-hosts over at Daily Tech News Show. So you can find me there. I'm on every Thursday, and maybe one other day a week. And then I also do Daily Tech Headlines three days a week over there. So if you want to find out just some of the more newsy stuff that I'm doing, go check me out at Daily Tech Headlines and Daily Tech News Show. So with that, till we meet again in a week's time.